Hello and welcome to Top, the Open Podcast Podcast. Your hosts, Matthias and Wolfgang, will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. So it's a quite sad day, Matthias. Everything has to come to an end. Also our podcast, at least the season one. Even in our voice, everyone can hear the sadness and the sad tone. I'm touched on the inside. I'm torn. Or maybe it's just a cold that we caught at the Fostem. But that's another story. Still struggling with that one too. Couldn't sleep last night. It wasn't fun. But our project was fun, don't you think? I think it was not just fun, we were also successful. So it was fun and success. Let's take a step back into the history of Open Podcast. It's August 2022. Two open source developers start a new project funded by Media Tech Lab to revolutionize the podcast market. Oh, that was a big goal. As with everything, once you start with a project, you learn the difficulties of disrupting an inter industry. I don't know if we really disrupted anything, but maybe that wasn't our goal after all. But what was definitely interesting was to get an insight into how podcasting works and which players exist, the market. And you can hear everything about this and our opinions on that in the previous episodes, of course. But I think today we want to take a look back and see what went well, what didn't go well, and maybe talk a little bit about the future of this podcast and the project itself. So what is your verdict on the project and the whole process? What did go well? To summarize it in one word, I'd say exciting. Because I could not believe that someone would pay you to do what we did. To pay you to work on open source, to pay you to talk openly about issues and create an issue tracker on GitHub and really start this project as an open source first product. That was amazing. How would you summarize it in one word? Great. Now I have prepared a full page of things that went well, and now you want to hear exactly one sentence or one word even. Exactly. I want to hear one word from you. And exciting is already taken, so. Then I would pick roller coaster because the project was kind of a roller coaster. It went up and down. But at the end, it was really fun. Question is, was it fun for the same reasons as for me? For me, the really cool part of the project was that at the end, what we built helped myself, my other podcast, provided additional insights into my audience. But at the same time, there were also customers out there or other people, other podcasters, who also like our product. And that is the really cool part of it and that's the fun part to have really users at the end it's not just myself i like the outcome of course but there are also other users and that's really cool to see maybe it's too much praise but what i find really crazy is that we went from a prototype to something that real customers use in a very short time and i think the reason for that is also something that went really well that we contacted potential customers or users quite early. So we started with interviewing people, other podcasters. We used the network of the MTL Media Tech Lab, so other media agencies, radio broadcasters. So we used this network to contact people and ask 
if our product, what we want to build, is useful for them and what is needed by them. And that, I think, improved the situation a lot and helped us to, to target the right problems. I mean, that was really a huge advantage that we made use of this huge network of other people in the podcast ecosystem, the podcast environment. But I wonder how much of that was due to the Media Tech Lab. Would it have been as easy for us to contact these people and get access and have a conversation with them? I honestly doubt it. Of course, I think that's a big advantage. If you have this network and other people who know people and can open some doors, that's crucial, I think. But on the other hand, I also believe that you can just contact people and try to reach people and that also works. Of course, it's more complicated. Maybe you have to ping them several times and send a lot of emails. It's definitely easier with the network. But at the end, I think it, it should also work. And I think it's the way to go if you start a project or a product to ask potential customers and users first. But even though we talk to a lot of people, there's also a negative aspect of it and something that didn't go well. Because we discussed that in the, in the last episode, we recently discovered this podcast 2.0 standard, for example, at the Fostem. And we did that quite late. So we talked to a lot of people. We talked to podcast hosts, but we forgot or didn't see those other open source developers. Of course, we did some research. We found other projects, but we didn't speak to those people to hear about other projects or ideas in this podcast ecosystem. And that was really the problem. Most of the projects were abandoned. So we thought, okay, there's nothing going on in these projects. But as we found out later, the podcast 2.0 standard that was published also quite recently would have been a really cool thing to know earlier because then we would have been able to integrate that standard maybe into our product and our ideas or adapt our ideas. Which is really strange because if you go to our website, openpodcast.dev, and you look at the research section, you will find an entire paragraph about specifications that we sourced from various locations on the internet. For example, we looked at and also discussed the open download specification, the RSS namespace extension for podcasting, the open podcast analytics standard from Backtracks, the IAB podcast measurement technical guidelines, and so on and so on. But funnily, we completely missed podcast 2.0. And that just goes to show that you have to be invested in an industry for a substantial amount of time in order to cover all of the different aspects of the industry. It does not help to jump into any industry and then just assume that you will find everything within a couple of weeks or so. Usually, by serendipity, you will find more sources of information over time. That reminds me of my, my time at the university in research. So we were working on, on ideas and some topics, and later we found out that there is another research group, maybe even in a country that is not far away, working on the exactly same topic, but just using a, a different keyword. There was no way to find this other research group because you have to know the right keyword and i think it's exactly the same here you have to know the right keywords you have to know the right people otherwise you're just lost and it takes time until you discover all those people projects ideas and build up this graph of sources and people who are working in this podcast ecosystem other than just 
investing time and talking to people, there's no way to speed up this process. And that can also be frustrating at times. I guess in general, my experience was that the sentiment inside of the podcast ecosystem, especially the open one, was that everyone built islands of knowledge and there is no way to consolidate what's out there. And that is very tricky for newcomers like us to jump into any of these projects and start to collaborate because you just don't know what works and what doesn't and who are the designers behind it. So maybe also from my end, that would have been something that could have been a bit nicer or a bit easier to collaborate with other open source projects. And in my opinion, that is some something that, that we techies and developers always forget, that we have to invest a lot of time into communication, marketing, talking to other people, promoting stuff, nudge people to contribute to an open source project, to a specification, or just give feedback. That takes a lot of time and is a crucial part of any project. And that's still the same for me. I've been working on open source for more than 10 years and even I find it very hard to start contributing to any project out there because every open source project is very different in the way it's structured, in the way it communicates. And it's tough sometimes to get a foothold into these projects and find your position there, find your place. It's almost like starting a new job somehow. And I can totally understand why people are afraid to try it. At the end of the day, it's someone else's project and you donate your time to contribute to something. But there's also an opportunity cost because you could invest your time into some other open source project with maybe better support or better benefits or maybe also a higher reputation and therefore something that you could put on your CV. I guess especially smaller projects that are underfunded have this risk that you have a very small bus factor of maybe one or two maintainers because it's just a tiny community and no one wants to contribute. So let's close the chapter of the past and let's take a look into the future. What is on our plan, Matthias? So if you asked me six months ago what the ideal outcome of Open Podcast would be at the end of the funding, then I would have answered that From an outsider's perspective, you want a project that you can self-host, that is well-documented, that has an active community around it, and that really solves a problem for someone in the podcast space that does not want to be dependent on any of the big players. Have we achieved that goal? Partially. Yes, the project is documented and can be self-hosted. And in this case, I guess we succeeded. Does it solve a real problem for individuals? That's up for debate. Personally, I would say this is a B2B product with an open core. And there's nothing wrong with it. But usually when you think about open source, you think about individual contributors and a project like Linux, for example, that a lot of people might use on their day-to-day. -day. But in the case of Open Podcast, it's rather something that a company would use. And the sorts of contributions that you would get are of different nature than for other open source projects. For example, you would mostly find bug fixes and support for other plugins, for example. And that would be a nice contribution to open podcast. But that wasn't really the answer to my question. I guess the answer to my question is open source wise, it was a success. But business wise, we have to see where this road leads us. There are a number of very promising prospects. And we do a couple trial runs with a few companies. 
And we still want to contribute back to open source as much as we can. And I think overall, yes, it was a very nice success. We have some deficits when it comes to open source funding now, and we have to be very frank about it. We just don't know yet where the open source funding will come from. The most likely scenario is that we will fund our work through B2B contracts. Because we also have seen that for professional customers, for businesses, it's just too complicated to self-host the whole stack. They don't want to fiddle around with the Apple two-factor method, receiving SMS, setting up this whole stack. For them, it is just easier to pay a monthly fee and receive all the data that they need. And as long as there are customers who pay for that service, we can also finance the whole development of the Open Podcast Project. But what about this podcast? So as I said at the beginning, that's the last episode of the first season. Quite sad, but no worries. We will come up with some new episodes in our next season. We don't know how often that will be and when, and it will mainly cover really cool things that we discover, or maybe also more insights about our journey. So stay tuned and stay subscribed. And with that, my final question to you, Wolfgang, is going back to the very first episode of this podcast, where we asked the question, which problem do we actually try to solve? The question would be, did Open Podcast actually solve your own problem? Let me answer that question with a short story. Yesterday, my co-host Andy of our engineering kiosk podcast, the German podcast, he asked me, I want to upload some of our episodes to YouTube. What were the really cool episodes, the really successful episodes? And I just quickly opened our analytics dashboard, sorted all our episodes by dropout rates by listeners. And it took me just, I don't know, 20 seconds to do that. And I could provide him a list with the most successful episodes. So I would say definitely, yes, it solved my problem and it saved a lot of time, not just yesterday. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. If you told me that this would be your verdict after the six months, I would have been very happy. And if you are a person out there that also has a similar success story, we would be dying to hear from you and have a chat, have a call, have a coffee and make podcasting a better environment, better space. And before we close this episode, I just want to say thank you, Matthias. was a really cool roller coaster, as I said. was a lot of fun. Thank you, Matthias. Same, same. I can only return the favor. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And yeah, maybe that's also one thing that I wanted to mention. The way we split up work was very effective. And I learned a lot about things I can do or things I cannot do. And I guess I'm glad that... You took over a lot of the external communication work with customers and clients and so on. And this is also where you have a huge strength and you can contribute a lot of value from bridging the gap between open source and the industry. And with that said, here's to a better open podcast ecosystem in the future. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. See you soon.